And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oops. Don't forget that smelling out of the mouth fresh is important. Shower every day, brush your teeth, and smell great. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, July 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. That guy is so right. My wife came to my bedside the other morning and asked, did you fart? And I said, no. She said, it must be your breath. Oh! <laughs> it was my morning breath. Wow. I gotta have a banaca bedside. <laughs> Weird. Jeremy Fragrance, yeah, take his tips. He usually does a spin, too, but that one didn't have a spin in it. Uh, we got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. 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 The international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lealis. Friends. Mm. <sighs> and finally, the man making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments below the vid to help us defeat the algorithm. And subscribe. Lee, did you see that Austin Powers was trending on Twitter this morning? Because yes. of the dick rocket? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know it was because of that. I thought it was for another reason that uh, we'll get to in a later show today. But uh, Okay. <laughs> Johnson! <laughs> Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Best way to get them in front of us. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Going to want to bookmark that website because if this series ends tonight, we will very likely have a special limited edition t-shirt dropping to celebrate an iconic no-dunk season. That's if the Bucks win, nodunks.com, but we'll tell you all about it because we're going to be back here tonight if the Bucks win. All right? A lot hinges on this, on this game tonight. Milwaukee wins the title tonight. We're going to jump on after to discuss it. If Phoenix gives us a game seven, if Scott Foster gives us a game seven, uh, you know, we'll be back in the morning to do a Wednesday morning show. But let's get into the game six preview. We'll do a little is this news later. Task, get us started, man. We're doing it for every game here in the finals. What's just the biggest question to you heading into game six tonight? Well, the start of the game, I think, matters. Um, you know, you said the other day, Skeets, that a 16-point lead doesn't mean, uh, what did you? What was the term? Dick shit, I think dick I said. Shit. Yeah. Dick shit, right. Uh, I think in game six, <laughs> right. it absolutely does mean dick shit. Maybe it means shit dick, uh, because okay. I think if it's flipped, if the Milwaukee Bucks get out to a, a, bigger, a big lead like the Suns did in game five, going back to Milwaukee here, I think it's over. I think the Suns won't have the firepower to be able to fight back. They, they had a lot of things going for them in, in game number five. Drew Holiday got into foul trouble early. The Bucks got a little cute with trying to get Brooke Lopez going. They're getting him on the move. They're getting him on the roll. 
Drew Holiday threw one into the sun trying to get it to him. There's turnover after turnover after turnover. And uh, I think the Bucks played a little bit smarter in this game. Uh, and the Bucks are just... They're showing how they how they can win. Obviously, in game three, four, and five, so many more possessions, and and able to to capitalize on turnovers. Uh, I think at the beginning of this game, the Suns have to be cautious. Now, uh, the Bucks, yeah, kind of played into the Suns' hands there. I think in game five to allow the Suns to get out to that sixteen point lead by trying to get somebody else other than their big three of Middleton, Holiday, and Yanis going by trying to go to Brook. Maybe they go to Brook in post moves, like you know, more standard stuff where they can't turn the ball over like they were uh, in Game 5. Or I think, this is a little nuts, but I think we might see a little Bryn Forbes action uh, off the bench because Coach Bud doesn't really trust Jeff Teague, didn't play him in the second half of Game 5, so I think they want something off the bench. And I understand people are saying, you know, Pat Conte has been great. Put him in the starting lineup. Uh, but at the same time, you want one guy who's really, really playing well off the bench. You want one competent guy or one guy who's playing well. So competent Connaughton is going to continue <laughs> to come off the bench. Right. And I think they might shove some uh, Bryn Forbes minutes in there to get them going. But they have so many guys playing pretty well while the Suns, uh, really, it, it does come down to Chris Paul. I know he say it over and over and over again just to keep them close. Um, but... For the Milwaukee Bucks and their fans, this is their Game 7. Everyone's talking about, whoa, if we go to Game 7, the Phoenix Suns fans will be bonkers. I think the Suns fans, or excuse me, the Bucks fans are going to be equally as nuts in the in the Deer District, in the arena. <laughs> and so, um, again, the Suns, uh, even, though, even though they shot 55% last game, which is bound to come down somewhat, uh, I don't think they have the firepower to be able to come back. So if Drew can stay on the floor, of course, um, it's a big advantage for the Bucks. If they don't get cute, uh, the Bucks can get a lead, and uh, maybe this doesn't come back uh, for the Phoenix Suns. So when then, Tass, would you be a my buddy Grish? What would the lead need to be for Milwaukee in this first quarter, like you're saying, like <laughs> a strong start? When do you say it's a wrap, like you're my buddy Grish or an old Armenian man watching basketball? It's over. <laughs> what? How many points? That's what I want to know. Wait, wait, wait. you got to be a Grish or an old Armenian man. I remember yeah. a man by the name of J.E. Skeets <laughs> saying it feels like the Phoenix Suns won the title here at the end of Game 2, Skeets. I'm talking about the, the actual tweet. game here oh, right now. Jesus Christ. This guy oh, loves to keep fucking receipts, doesn't he, man? Every goddamn I, podcast you got to I know. Say you always I'll like start to doing bring it up. for you. I'll start writing them I all think, down here. That's fair. That's Jesus fair. Because Christ. you always bring it up when you get it right. You don't want to bring it up what? when you get it wrong. <laughs> when? What are you talking about? you bring up from the preseason? Oh, I called this one. I called this one. I said I called Damian Lillard for MVP. I guess I was wrong on that one. Damn. Shit. Dick. Bury on me. Lee, have a crack at me. I called MVP for Damian Lillard. I got it wrong, man. What now? <laughs> Holy crap. The temper crap. boy. The temper boy is back. <laughs> it's like He's every back, goddamn and gentlemen. Holy uh, crap. That's good to keep What receipts. are you writing all these receipts like you're Tom Haberstroh putting up post-it notes on Twitter? Jesus, hey, Murphy. Man, don't worry about it. You got to keep receipts. They do it on Inside the NBA Skeets. I said the Bulls are back for an entire season, buddy. Right, right. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. It's more important to be entertaining <laughs> than to I be know. right. I'm talking about the game. Tass, what <laughs> score so we can come back tomorrow morning and I can say you were right or you're wrong, or tonight. Uh, what's the score got to be for the Bucks in the first quarter to say it's over? Yeah, well, let's go back to the shit, dick, dick shit. Uh, I think in that ballpark, I think if it's a 15, uh, 15 is, is good with me. Calling it. 
15 wow. points. I, I think it's tough. <laughs> I think it'll be tough for the Suns. Uh, on the road, uh, deflated. That Chris Paul shove at the end uh, of Game 5 was, uh, you know, one of those frustration things that I think the, the Suns, you know, they're going to fight, obviously, but there, there's something deep down that's a little bit, you know, bugging them a little bit. And, and I don't know if Chris Paul, number one, is right. Uh, you know, he had the stat line as good as we've talked about, but if he can't play 40 minutes, as he hasn't played the last three games, uh, campaign's going to have to have a big game. So that that's a huge key. If, he's ha- if campaign's having a huge game, then uh, the Suns... Yeah, the Suns can win, but the, for some reason, uh, the campaign hasn't been that guy in the finals as he has been the first few series. Um, so the, the Bucks they get better as the series go on, uh, just as your predictions do, Skeets. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just making a receipts comment here. Uh, but yeah, no, the, sure. the Bucks too, they get better as the games the game goes on. Uh, they they just get tougher. They get more possessions, and uh, they rely more on their big three. They, they they can play around in the first quarter. I think Bud's gonna get cute. I think Brent Forbes is coming off the bench. Will he be a you know a thirty under thirty have a big game? I don't know. That's a stupid Forbes reference. That didn't make sense. Anyway, uh, I think fifteen's the line for me after okay. first quarter. Fifteen, yeah, geez, uh, I guess that'd be big. But you're right. The Suns were up sixteen and they were looking good in Game Five, and the Bucks had it gone like that as we talked about. It felt like four minutes without without Giannis playing. By the way, at the start of the second quarter, where they suddenly got back into it. All right, Trey, what are you watching for tonight? What's your big question? First thing I'm watching is the minutes for the starters on the Suns. They've been putting in their 40s during uh, the finals. Booker's done it three times. Aiton's done it twice. Chris Paul did it once. And Jay Crowder did it once. But I think all of those guys, and Mikhail Bridges, who's yet to get to 40 uh, in the finals, they should be ready to go 45 to 48 tonight. Suns starters have been better than the Bucks starters. I think everybody on the Suns is a positive plus minus. Uh, the starters, except for Chris Paul, he's like a minus 0.6 because he plays a ton of these minutes with all bench units. I can see the Cams kind of getting a little bit of a taste here in the first half. Cam Johnson, maybe run him out for four minutes, see if he's got that jumper working uh, to give eight an arrest. Campaign comes in for either Booker or Chris Paul gets them a rest in the first half. But in the second half, I would be rolling with the starters as much as I possibly can because once the Suns go to their bench, they've got all small guys there. The Dario Sarge injury has become a problem. Skeets, I was wrong about that, buddy. They can't play their their bench right now because the bench gets slaughtered every time they go out there. Um, So, yeah, I would like to see the Suns play a ton of minutes from their starters. They honestly have to be ready to go almost the entire game. Chris Paul needs to be better. Uh, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but he needs to be better in this game. The Bucks are, or the Suns are a team that is built around two star guards. One of them has been holding up his end of the bargain, and the other has not. And I also think they need uh, the Suns need to get DeAndre Ayton involved quite a bit more here uh, in Game Six. He had a monster Game One, ended up with 23 and 19. People were calling him the best center in the Western Conference, and since then, stats have been fine, but the impact has definitely lessened. Right, he had two point, or he had ten points in game two. They won that one. Game three, 18 points. Suns lost it though. 16 in the first half for Aiton and just two in the second thanks to foul trouble. Game four, six points in the loss. Game five, 20 points. 12 of those came in the first half. They just forget about him, uh, and I think a lot of that is Devin Booker. He's been looking to get his shot, especially in the second halves of these games. He's trying to win this uh, from the mid range. 
rather than getting Aiton involved inside, getting some buckets at the rim. But they need to remember DeAndre Aiton is there in the pick and roll if it's a switch. Get him the ball. Let him shoot a little dinker and dumper. Let him shoot a little bank shot off the glass. They need somebody who scores inside. And also, I would say Devin Booker and Chris Paul need to try and get layups. You know, they're great mid-range basketball shooters, beautiful shooters of the mid-range. Mm. But you need to shoot some layups in this because the Buck or the Suns are almost all mid-range right now. And when you're not putting pressure on the rim, the corner threes are therefore not open. That's another place where the Suns can make some hay, uh, is getting some open three-pointers in the corner, which they have not been able to do the past three games. So I'm looking for big minutes from the Suns, and I'm looking for Booker and Paul to keep DeAndre Ayton involved. Lily, what about you? Well, speaking of Devin Booker, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter of this series, he, he's been scoring okay, averaging around seven points a game, but he's had uh, zero assists in the fourth quarter, and he's only had one free throw attempt, which he missed, and that was in game five. So, yeah, I think that Devin Booker being aggressive, going inside for layup, getting into the paint, and perhaps trying to get some foul calls could help him get into a little bit more of a flow because he is still their best shooter and best scorer. So they need him in that fourth quarter, and he hasn't really been able to do that. This is a guy who got to the line six times a game through the regular season. Now, that's, of course, through the whole game, not through one quarter there. But I think there is a little bit of an uncomfortable trend for Phoenix and Booker in that fourth quarter. As great as he's been, he's put up a couple of 40s. He's been fantastic, apart from one game in this series where he only had 10 points, and he didn't even play in the fourth quarter of that one. But, you know, it's almost like you still need to do a little bit more because it's not going to be anyone else getting inside and getting those free throws and just trying to get those baskets. Whether or not, you know, just going inside creates opportunities. Maybe he does get a lob to DeAndre Ayton. Maybe he does find Bridges in the corner or Crowd or someone like that. But offense, of course, is not just if you score the ball. It's whether or not you can create and set up for your teammates. And, uh, again, this is not in any way a criticism of Devin Booker because I think he's been fantastic. But it has stood out a little bit that in those fourth quarters he hasn't been able to generate the same sort of offense for his teammates or even get some uh, chippies for himself there. So I think that's going to be a focal point because I think this is going to be a pretty tight game. I don't think you're going to see a blowout uh, one way or the other uh, early on in this one. I think this is almost going to have a Game 7 feel to it because, you know, in Game 7s, they tend to be a little bit scrappy, a little bit uh, tougher to, to score on. And I think we're going to see that tonight, knowing what's at stake. So uh, if it is close, if you've got someone like Devin Booker on your team who's a, a fantastic scorer and shooter... If he can get a couple of those easy ones in that fourth quarter, I think uh, that could be a good sign for the Phoenix Suns. So we'll see. You don't think think... the criticism is fair at all that we're seeing here with Booker and we're seeing the stat that he has no assists in the fourth quarters and maybe he's got blinders on? What do you think? Uh, I I mean, I I think overall he's been fantastic for Phoenix. Uh, So I don't don't want it to be like, hey, man, guys putting out back-to-back 40-point games, but, you know, you've been bad in fourth quarters. I mean, it's a... Yeah, his team's won two of five games. I mean, he's been great still, apart from one game he had a bad game. Yeah. Other than that, uh, he's been good. So it, it, it's tough to sort of you know, point at him and say, it's your fault. But in those fourth quarters, that's where, again, you look to your stars to sort of you know, throw the playbook out the window a little bit and just like, give me the ball, I'm getting us a bucket, I'm getting someone else a bucket, I'm getting to the free throw line, something like that. But he's a young player, obviously never been in this situation before, and, and, and he's um, no doubt... He and Monty Williams and Chris Paul have been talking about it, I'm sure, to say tonight's the night where you know, you're going to have to do that in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at who's going to have the big bounce back performance in this game when it just comes to key players. And by process of elimination, I think we only have one guy. And I know you're going to talk about him a little bit more, TK, you said, in Chris Paul. But like Chris Middleton had the big bounce back in game four. That was huge. Uh, Drew Holiday, of course, in game five. Massive from him. 
So who's going to be the game six hero, that bounce back performance? Well, it can't really be Booker, as we talked about. Like, he can be better in the fourth, yes, in terms of playmaking and, and getting in the line maybe, but he's, he has put up two 40-point games here in back-to-back games here in the finals. That's amazing. So it's not going to be really him. Well, it's not Giannis because he's averaging 32, 13, and 6 <laughs> in the finals. So he's been pretty consistently amazing. So that leaves Chris Paul, I think, here. Uh, again, as key players to have a huge bounce back. And it's strange because he had 21 and 11 in game five. He hit three threes, nine of 15 from the floor. He only turned the ball over once, which was a big problem in the games prior. So he, you know, he cleaned up that. But it didn't feel like he had, he just had control of that game like we know Chris Paul has done many times in his career before. And so he needs to be awesome tonight. And I think it goes hand in hand with not only, you guys are saying put pressure at the rim for sure. But they do, and they talked about this after Game 5. we got to get more three-point attempts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Phoenix said. Like, they only attempted 19 threes on Saturday. Their lowest output for any regular season or playoff game this season. And that was after only 23 in Game 4. They need to create some more three-point shots. And a lot of that is, of course, getting into the middle and trying to draw the defense in. But the Bucks are good at that. I mean, they start, they're staying at home on the guys they want to stay at home at. They feel confident with... Hey, Booker can get his 40 if it's a lot of it coming in the mid-range and he's hitting his Kobe-like shots. We'll live with that. So credit to them. But the Suns know because they talked about it, and I expect them to shoot a lot more three-pointers. And I think that includes Chris Paul, by the way. I think he, you know, he was perfect in Game 5 from distance. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to see him take way more than three or four tonight because he's a great shooter. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, maybe same with Booker. And, he, and he's not afraid to let them go from distance. So... That's something to watch, and I think Chris Paul has to has to have a special game here to give us a Game 7 uh, in Phoenix. And I think he can, though, of course, we get the Scott Foster angle now, and who else we got? We got brothers there, and we got Lewis. Like, it almost sucks that they're the officials tonight, because one way or the yeah, other, we're going to exactly. have people saying uh, tinfoil hat on conspiracy. It's like, well, either the NBA called it into those guys, and they want a Game 7, or, well, no, Chris Paul's... He can never beat Scott Foster. And it's block, like, block, block, block. Yeah, yeah, I don't I listen I to any referee talk. I can't stand it. I'm trying to watch a basketball there game. There you go. I'm not watching the stripes. I'm not a footlocker. I don't care. <laughs> I, I just do. I just can't stand any of that talk. I, I think yeah. the Suns offense, you're right, has to get threes going. I think the ball just has to be in Chris Paul's hands more. We're talking about Devin Booker, uh, you know, going for forty and, and you know, being in the mid range and doing that, and not setting up guys. I mean, it, what more can you can you ask Devin Booker to do? The, you know, be yeah. a you want him to be a James Harden fifty point triple double guy? Like he is playing so well, but the Suns' offense doesn't get going with him. Uh, you know, in the mid range, uh, he, he's not getting everybody else going, and the Bucks just have too many guys going. Uh, for the Suns to play like that. Uh, I think the, yeah, I think D, uh, D, the ball just has to be in Chris Paul's hands. It sounds nice to say Chris Paul's got to have 30 or 35 and, and fire away from three-point land, but I'm just not sure what he has left or, or what's going on. If he's averaging 35 minutes the last three games, uh, there seems to be something that's kind of off there. So yeah, I think he gets well, in the lane either, and gets everybody going. Well, like we talked about, I guess last show where we were talking about game five, it's like, maybe we find out there, there is some weird injury going on with him. Maybe it's a possibility, but the other problem is it's drew holiday, right? Tess. I mean, Part of it, yeah. it's, it's drew holiday is probably the best defensive guard we have in the game. He's top three for sure. He's physical as hell. Is he underrated again? Well, yeah, yeah I think yeah. he has come back He's to a it. bit of a Ferris wheel himself, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. need to see a bounce-back game from Drew Holiday, to be yeah. quite honest. He had a bounce-back game in five, but you need to bounce back to that same level if the yeah. Bucks yeah. are going to win Stay this there. one. The last time they played in Milwaukee, four for 20, 
nice for me, but not nice for the Bucks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, Drew Holiday's got to be better. But Chris Paul has had his opportunities, right? Uh, I think he, it was uh, the second quarter. It was Chris Paul on the bench, basically, that the Bucks came back against. Game four, fourth quarter, Chris Paul on the bench. That's who the Bucks came back against. Right. Chris Paul has had opportunities. He needs to seize them, and he needs to do mm-hmm. it tonight. And I'm with you, Tass. It's not going to be the referees that decide it unless the referees decide it in Chris Paul's brain. Because unfortunately, that's why people keep bringing it up. Chris Paul keeps bringing it up. How many times has Chris Paul talked about Scott Foster to the point where you see Scott Foster show up on the referee assignment and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, that's going to be a problem. Ignore it, Chris Paul. Nobody should tell him that Scott Foster is going to be out there. Get him some blinders so you don't see Scott Foster. And then it's not kicking around in your head that, oh, we lost this game before it even started. What game did Foster do in this finals? It was the third game, I think. It was third. Okay, it was in back in Milwaukee. Okay, I couldn't remember if he did game two or not. Okay. It was Chris Uh, Paul's worst game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jeez, it yeah. really is in his head. DeAndre Ayton foul trouble. Yeah, that's right. That is. Okay, good. Good call. I, I, I oh, couldn't remember damn if it was game two or three. We're yeah, talking yeah, about We're it. talking about him. God damn it. Scott damn Foster it. always wins. He always wins. Hey, I, hey I don't guess sleep on Tony four. Brothers having a moment, too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big Tony Brothers bounce back game. Can't wait to see what he's doing out there. I guess game four was Chris Paul's worst game, but it was the, uh, the Suns' worst game in game three yeah. when Mr. Foster was was out there. I, you're right about bounce back games. Uh, listen, these are good, obviously the greatest players in the world. So, you know, when they, when they have an off game, they tend to bounce back. Uh, my worry is the Bucks will bounce back in quarter number one for them because they had such a bad first quarter. Uh, they just know that they have to get things right and then start off well. And then I just hope it doesn't snowball uh, for the Phoenix Suns. You know, we want a close one down the stretch. Right, we want a right. close one down the stretch. Well, I mean... If the Suns take care of the ball, hit the glass, and I think generate more threes. Like, they have been actually, when you, like, look at the numbers, they're sort of dominating in the half court offensively in this series. Like, still over the Bucks, But, you know, then you start throwing in transition and, again, working on the glass. And it's like the Bucks are, uh, you know, better overall offensively per gleaning the glass, but not in the half court. And, uh, which is wild. But that's where, you know, Phoenix has always been good at that. And Milwaukee has always sort of struggled at that. Uh, but they generate all these other points. So, of course, that's something to watch, too. The turnover game and just whether or not they can take care of the ball. All right. Well, let's get to our player prop bets for tonight. Lee, we always start with you because you just uh, opened the link for the first time here live on the show. Yes, I do. Yes, and, I do. Uh, you just sort of <laughs> throw a dart and something maybe sticks or not. So what yeah, do you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think uh, back in uh, Milwaukee, the crowd's going to be hyped. Brooke Lopez wins the tip. <laughs> yeah, I think he's won all five before. Is so it? Yeah. Okay. I well, think that, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel okay about this one. And I think uh, I think Drew Holiday gets the first basket for Milwaukee. Uh, first field goal, that is. So so it's not the first point. It's first field goal. Field mm. goal, And the Bucks go on to win this game at $8.50. I think that's, uh, that's nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Drew Holiday, first basket. Parlaying that into a Milwaukee win, you get eight fifty if you put uh, a dollar down on that. So uh, have at it, people, and let me know how you go with your money. <laughs> have you hit the first basket yet in the series? No, but I think I've got the back end of the bet a couple of times. So, yes, uh, okay. you know, that, that doesn't really matter if you don't get the front end of it. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just fun. It's fun. You know, keep okay. you engaged. Okay, so, so Drew yeah. Holiday hitting the first basket. Yep, and then the, you have the Bucks winning tonight. You think I this ends Bucks, tonight? I have the Bucks finishing it, finishing the job tonight. Yes, okay. he won, he's 
He wants that to happen. Oh, I want that. He doesn't want a game seven because he's going to screw with his travel plans. <laughs> his Europe travel plans. Uh, so. uh, no, look, I, 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 I think the Bucks do win. I just think they have been playing better. Uh, and yes, it certainly wouldn't hurt if they did win. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm flying Friday morning uh, for a little trip. So. Uh, if the Bucks, if we go to a game seven, we're doing a late night show that night, yeah. no matter who wins. And I'm flying early Friday morning. I'd prefer not to do a show Thursday night. So yeah, let's rock it, Bucks. Let's finish <laughs> the job. Uh, although I think Lee, I, I noticed the the light cast on your face as we start this show. Is it like yeah. four thirty in the morning? You're watching the sunrise over there. Uh, it's the afternoon, isn't it? Uh, yeah, like it's. Uh, oh right my now. God! Yeah, it's the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, my clock is off. I, I'm in a dungeon here, so I thought it was 10:30 p.m., but it's 10:30 a.m. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh my bad. But the sun, the sun will be rising by the time if if the series ends tonight or Friday. It doesn't matter. The sun will be rising for sure by the time we do the show. Then. Yeah. Is How it, many espressos uh, do you have in, uh, uh, throughout the day or later tonight? Nah, nah no? I don't have too many. Nah, nah. I, I, I just you know, it's it's easy to get up actually for the. Fun. Finals, you know, it's not like we're getting up talking about, you know, you know, Timberwolves pace is just a regular season game in March. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know about this one. It's it's right. actually been fun. I just put the laptop on me, lie in bed there, put the headphones on, wife stays asleep. As long as she's asleep, everyone's happy. Everyone's oh. at peace. Oh, so we're getting uh, Whisper Lee Ellis tonight. If no, uh, well, no, 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 because look, look. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So, so hold on. You have a hotel room that has a sliding glass door yeah. that you separate it. Yeah. And there's a curtain brilliant. there as well. There's a curtain there as well. So, uh, yeah, I've so. never seen that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool. Did you have it outside? Yeah. No, it seems no. like you would be outside with that yeah. sliding door. Nah, 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 nah. But, uh, so just, that room has <laughs> two beds in it. It's one door. room, has two beds <laughs> in it, but you can divide it. with a, No, this... no, no. That's, oh. that's where the boys are around the corner here. They're on the other side over there, but they're tucked away. Okay. And they'll be asleep anyway. They, they won't mind. But I'm more talking away from my wife with the door wow. closed. Uh, so yeah, so. <laughs> with the sliding glass door inside the room. All mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and a curtain. So yeah, okay, you'll you'll close the curtain too, out of respect. Yes, I will. I will. I will. <laughs> All right, these guys are giving us player prop bets and who they're going to win today because of their travel plans. I love it. Uh, TK, I know you're not going anywhere. You got a house, so uh, that's right. Gonna, who, what's your player prop bet for tonight? Well, if travel plans get messed up and we somehow end up with a show of just me and Skeets, I think the line is set at 1.5 screams at each other, and I would take the over if that happens. Uh, I looked into my prop bet from last time. The over-under game went 3-6. and six. I'm going to stay away from that one on okay. the old 0.5s. But uh, Chris Paul, his combined points and assists for tonight is 30.5. Okay. And I'm liking the over. He's averaging 21 a game in the in the finals, 8.8 assists. That's right at the line. Uh, obviously, this is the biggest game of Chris Paul's career. And we're not going to see him go out just as a passenger here. If he's hitting jumpers, I think this one is easy. His assist totals in the finals lowest so far is seven. You just need a few jumpers if that's the case. Even in game five, when it felt like Chris Paul was a little bit tentative, like you're saying, Skeets, went for 21 and 11. That's an over, baby. I'm expecting a lot more from CP3 tonight. The Suns need a lot more from him to extend the final. So I'm going over 30.5 combined points and assists. I like that one a lot. Um, Also, this is going to be fascinating for the chris middleton ferris wheel experiment here his over under for points i believe is 25 and a half tonight 
He's had two, you know, he had the amazing game four, was good in game five, but are we coming down? Is this <laughs> like the rare bat? Not rare, but is this a part of the cycle here where Middleton now has maybe a stinker in him uh, or, or, or a 20? So I'm actually looking at that. Hit me. I have to believe in the Ferris wheel, Chris Middleton, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. thing we came up with. So I almost have to bet on Middleton under 25 and a half points tonight. Now, that's yeah. not to say the Bucks don't win the game. I mean, it's still yeah. possible. He can go for, you know, 23, 24, but I, I'll go under. But, you know, sometimes on those, like, um, you know, home video shows or, or someone's, like, got a video of, like, a, a Ferris wheel at an attraction that just gets stuck. Yeah. And people are stuck and they have to get the security in and help them get it. Maybe Chris Middleton's Ferris wheel has malfunctioned and he's just stuck at the top. Well, I, I saw mean, people joking that uh, Budenholzer unplugged the Ferris wheel ride. <laughs> he was at the top yeah. And yeah. Timed it perfectly. It's possible. I mean, it's possible, yeah. Mm, nah, what goes up must come down, Lily, yeah, especially the, with Middleton. The, the problem is, though, he's due then for a stinker in game seven as well. That's right. Absolute they've, time, they've timed it yeah. wrong. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, no, we'll see. I'll, I'll go under uh, Chris Middleton. Tass, sorry, did we get your um, player prop bet? I know you like the Bucks winning overall, but uh, did you hit us with one? An actual player prop bet? Yeah, I think, yeah, the Bucks will uh, probably finish the job. Who the heck knows? Uh, yeah, going back... To the opening tip, I guess you said that Brooke Lopez was won, has had. won all five skeets, but he lost one after a uh, tie-up oh. against Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, <laughs> what the? So can you bet that Brooke Lopez will win the opening tip, but will lose a tip later on in the game? Probably <laughs> <Mid-game> not. <laughs> tip. <laughs> There's only one. Uh, <laughs> only one man knows the answer to that. Tassie. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, there he is. There's our friend Cam Stewart. What a Brian blessing that guy is. Uh, Trey, you know, we went, you, you, we went through every one of the guys' turnover numbers last game. As, as you said, Trey was handing them out. Will Brooke Lopez, for instance, have over under 0.5 turnovers? I said under because I didn't expect him to get the ball on the move like they were giving it to him in the first quarter. He went over in the first six minutes uh, on, on that number. And I was getting hate on Twitter uh, from a friend of the program, uh, Dana Smart. Great Dane 92. Call me out on a on a prop bet. What? He's already <laughs> over in the first. Bet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, hey, I like it. I like getting in the nitty gritty because I do. I do take this very seriously. I thought that was crazy that Brooke went over uh, in the first yeah, six minutes. Am I going to go under? Nah, I, th- I think they, they're going to go to Brooke a little bit. Um, I think, as we've said, you know, Chris Paul needs to be good. There's no doubt about that. But I think, in his mind, what good means is those three-pointers for his team. Yeah. And so I think uh, a lot of guys around him will shoot a ton. And so back to, back to the old Jay Crowder line. I think uh, 10.5 points is low. I go over 10.5 points with Jay Crowder just because okay. he'll, he'll get his shots up tonight. Okay, let's hear from you guys in the stream team. Let us know your uh, favorite player prop bets for Game 6 tonight. Nice to have basketball back in our lives. Could be for the last time, at least an NBA game, or in a long time, uh, which is always weird to wrap your head around. But maybe we get a Game 7. You never know. You know, you said it here, Lee, before we move on. It was like the team shot lights out in Game 5. So Mm -hmm. I do wonder what type of Game 6 we get. Like, do they regress a little bit? Do they stay hot? Because they figured some things out in terms of spaces of where they're getting their shots. Or is it have that Game 7 vibe, which is usually a goddamn dogfight, and it's, mm. uh, you know, real, real ugly. I mean, 
sounds like you're leaning towards that, that it could be not the prettiest game in terms of guys hitting shots and stuff like that, but very entertaining still, of course. And I honestly think for the Bucs, it's okay if it stays close for most of the game because as we saw in Phoenix, that big lead, and coaches talk about it a lot as well, sometimes it's hard to hold on to a lead Mm -hmm. like that, you know, because you just know the other team is going to make a run at some point. So if it's sort of within that, you know, five to 10 point range, that's not too bad for Milwaukee because for the most part, I would much rather be the home team when it is one of those ones because sometimes those loose balls just pop out. Obviously, it went the other way in Phoenix last game, but the, but the Bucks were leading that one. But they go your way. The crowd's behind you. The little tip in, the little extra hustle plays maybe fall in your favor. So I think that's okay for the Bucks. I think, um, you know, a big, you know, 15, 20 point lead in the first half is, you know, it, like, sure, it's great. But if you know the other team's making that run, can be just a little bit uh, nervous for the uh, for the home team. So we'll see. I think it is just going to be tight. And I think the Suns shot 68% from three in game yeah. five, I believe it was, and lost Just didn't shoot home. a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Maybe they are just like, you know what, we've got to get uh, another 10 to 15 of those bad boys up uh, if we're shooting them like that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just feels, I know it's not game seven, but it just for, sort of feels like it's going to have that uh, that vibe to it tonight. Yeah, word is there's going to be 65,000 people in the yeah. district tonight. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Was, a lot of deer. Was a typo when I saw that. I was like, what? No, apparently uh, they're, they're pretty excited to, that they're going to win this title here for the first time in a long time tonight uh, in Milwaukee and, and celebrate. So, yeah. uh, Now I don't out. feel good. Now I don't feel good about the game. That's, that's like mm. 2019 when we were in Toronto, game five. Yeah. Right. And uh, it felt like this thing is over. Of course. Yeah, but, Lee Ellis thought it was it over. Off. Lee Ellis was a real old Armenian guy, my buddy Grish. <laughs> hey, me too, oh, man. I was wearing my Kirby. finest purple jacket. Oh, we're <laughs> styling here at the finals. Last show ever. Well, that was Nick Nurse's fault. Lee Ellis was in the jacket. press box, as I've told this story many times, smacking the back because he thought the Raptors were winning a title when they were up. What were they up? Like up eight or six. Eight? I think yeah, six, six, I think, was the uh-huh. biggest they'd lead. And then it was a timeout. And then it was a Steph three. Yeah. A Clay three. Yeah. And uh, did Iguodala hit a three as well? Yeah. I can't remember. I thought, they, I, I thought the Raps were up eight, I could have sworn. But anyway, yeah, you were going nuts when they were. And there was like two and a half minutes to go, right? The place was rocking. Yeah, uh, it just felt like it, After that Kawhi three, I was like, oh, we're home, baby. We're home. It's never <laughs> over, man. It's never over. Even the Bucks in game five were up like 10 pretty late. Yeah. So oh, I know. a chance to win it. I know. I mean, Booker you know, has a chance to take the lead. And then and obviously the great Speaking of play. Chris Paul, I mean, he ha- he walked into a three there the other night to sort of cut it, I think, maybe to, to four points. I mean, mm-hmm. that sort of a breakdown is exactly the sort of thing that Chris Paul can cash in on. And, uh, you know, that, that is, so yeah, as bad as, you know, or he hasn't been bad, but if he gets an opportunity, you don't want to leave him alone either. So uh, it's going to be just crazy tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. Like I said, if the Bucks win tonight, <laughs> if, if, if a couple of the guys are calling it, they're saying it's over. Uh, we'll be back here later tonight, back on YouTube, flip it into a podcast to uh, react immediately. Lee will be uh, whispering. No, he won't be, no. no he won't wait, be because he's got this exciting last door. Yeah, he'll yeah. be going nuts. So, yeah, join us tonight if the Bucks win. If not, we'll see you, uh, of course, on Wednesday morning. All right, let's take a break. We do have some Is This News, some uh, other NBA topics that we can get into, but we'll be right back because we've got to hear from our sponsors here. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Time for a little Is This News. Yeah, there's other things going on besides the NBA Finals. So I got some headlines for you guys. Yeah, talking about those Olympics. We got another headline from Team USA. It comes by way of The Athletic, a great little website I know. Team USA, Zach Levine in health protocols, not traveling with the team to Tokyo. TK, is this news? Definitely news. Maybe not quite as big as news as Bradley Beal and Kevin Love, but it had been a couple of days without a Team USA setback. So, of course, it's news. I think Joe Varden at The Athletic nailed it. If it wasn't for bad luck, Team USA wouldn't have any luck at all because not only is Zach Levine going into health and safety protocols, Due to an abundance of caution, this is his second time in a couple of months, which means as of right now, Team USA has one guard heading to Tokyo, Damian Lillard, who is involved in a whole bunch of off-court stuff right now, dealing with the Blazers. Uh, Team USA also is sending three former NBA players from the select team as backups, but the silver lining is that Team USA is hoping Zach Levine will be able to join the team in Tokyo eventually. I don't think that they would put that in the press release if it were out of the question. So maybe this right. is a little bit more minor, more of a contact tracing thing. Like I said, it was done out of abundance of caution, which is certainly the smart move to make here. But this Team USA team, just when it seems like they're actually going to start to play basketball and get to figure out what their team is going to be like in the Olympics, something else happens. Because Zach Levine had kind of moved up the pecking order when Bradley Beal went out. So... Now we're looking for the next Zach Levine after the next Bradley Beal, and apparently it's going to be John Jenkins. John Jenkins, Jingleheimer Schmidt flying over to Tokyo might be running with Team USA out there. It's just every single day. How are we getting a Team USA bit of news every single day? Yeah, it is crazy. Um, They'll be hoping that Booker and Drew and Middleton will be joining them. So, yeah, they'll have two more guards there in Booker and Holiday. uh, And look, Zach Levine, you're right, TK, I think – the hope is here he's still going to get over there and that this is just them being super cautious, contact tracing, you know, maybe whatever, a test goes wrong, something, and that he'll eventually join. But, yeah, what were you going to say, Lee? Well, well, I know people talk about Booker Middleton on holiday, but let's say it goes seven games. Then, yeah. you know, at least one of those people will 
be wanting to party and celebrate but instead they have to fly out to Tokyo just coming off a grueling like final series uh, and have to play with guys who they've just gone up against like uh, it's like 14 hour f- flight out to yeah. Tokyo as well yeah. and then you have to go in and acclimatize yourself with new guys and just keep on playing basketball like it's. I don't think that's the smartest idea either. I just don't know how you can be at the peak of your you know professional career here, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, forget about it. You just won a championship for at least one person. Now go out and play more basketball, like and with guys. You know, you know these guys, but you haven't played with them. And I don't know. It just to me, I'm not sure that um, that would be the best. The, the, they're not going to come over there the freshest and healthiest and and ready to sort of commit to Team USA straight away. So, well, And the first game is on Saturday. Is it Saturday Sunday. where they play France? It's Sunday. Okay, so it, it does buy them a, a day there, Lee, I guess, yeah. to, to get there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah. see. Okay. Tass, anything to add to this? Zach Levine news? Yeah, it's, it is good news that <clears throat> they put in the press release, unlike Bradley Beal's press release, uh, that there was a chance that you know Zach Levine can still join. But, of course... Horrible news if he can't be there because of yeah all this depth that they're yeah they're struggling with. I, I will say you know watching the exhibition game against Spain, their last game since we talked about this this um, this news. Keldon Johnson did look really good in that sort of slasher role as as just the guy, their energy little guy, just attack the rim. Um, I think his energy will rub off on guys, maybe on Draymond Green a little bit because Draymond has has looked a little sluggish, and he said, you know, the goal is to be in shape. By July 25th, uh, and uh, I think uh, they've 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 got a, a team right now. But as long as these guys keep falling off, uh, that's yeah. I mean, this this is worrisome that when Zach Levine falls off, that that and I, I do agree that it is going to be tough for Booker Middleton and Drew to just come in and jump in. I mean, they have, they need to play sort of supporting roles. Uh, but if there aren't starters, then that's a problem. That being said, um, I think, you know, Zach Levine is there. Uh, I think they should feel decent enough. But, I mean, you can't just you can't just throw out guys who've never played together. Like if Drew, um, you know, and Devin are out there together, like that's, that's tough. I mean, it is tough mm-hmm. against the rest of the world. So hopefully Zach is out there. But I did like the way Kelvin Johnson played on both ends, uh, offensively and defensively, to, uh, to add to whatever guys, whatever roster this team has left. It is pretty nuts how they're just falling off right now. Jeremy Grant was also in health and safety protocols, and he has since, you know, been cleared and is, from what I know, traveling with the team to Tokyo. So, you know, maybe that's a good sign, again, for a guy like Zach Levine who eventually gets there. But this is wild. Yeah, they start on Sunday, okay, against uh, France. A good team. Oh, like, yeah. you know, no pushover. Beat them in th- 2019. Yeah, and, you know, I would still have Team USA as the favorites for sure. I think most people would. But, yeah, like, as we've now seen... It's not just a given. It's not just like, ah, just chuck them out there. They'll win. Don't worry. They'll figure it out. It's, it's not that easy with the rest of the world, uh, you know, catching up, uh, so to speak. So makes for an exciting tournament uh, when it feels like, ooh, they could lose, especially when they start losing guy after guy after guy. Makes it a little spicier in terms of the games. But Not even sending Corey Maggetti. Sending no, Josh, Josh Maggetti. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then a... Uh, and Cam Reynolds is the third Cam guy, Reynolds, right? Cam Reynolds, yep. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, All I right. guess those guys are hoping more guys fall off. They're like, geez, we might, might have we're a crack at a medal. Yeah, we're back in this thing. All right, our next piece of news here. The headline is from ESPN. Denver Nuggets' Will Barton declines $14.7 million option, but both sides interested in a new deal, sources say. Uh, just so everyone remembers, Barton, he suffered a hamstring injury. He missed more than six weeks, I think it was, at the end of the regular season into the playoffs. 
I think this makes sense for him to do this when you just look at the expected top-tier free agents. There's just not a lot of them on the market. So there's money out there. You'd be sort of silly not to test it. He's a good player. He's not a great player. But I'm fascinated to see whether or not the Nuggets and him come to an agreement, Lili, and then what that number is. Uh, you know, they're not going to have Jamal Murray for a good chunk of the season at the start. You know, if Will's healthy, then he sort of slots into that role. But then they got a lot of money tied up to their key players, you know. So it, it, this is a, a bit of a pickle, I think, here for the Nuggets to decide what they do because then you're like, well, if they move off from Barton, then who are they looking at to try yeah. and sort of fill that role? And that's, you know, you start looking at other names, you're like, who? I, you know, do they make a move on a Josh Hart or a Bullock or something like that? And Alec Burks, you know, it's maybe, I don't think it's at the level of a Barton. And I don't think they can afford a Norman Powell or a Gary Trent Jr. or like a Tim Hardaway Jr. So well, I don't know what you think about where they go here. Yeah, well, look, he's a 38% three-point shooter in his last two seasons, uh, but he's also missed some time with injury. So yeah. it's a bit of a sort of give give with one hand, take with the other. But he's going to be 31 uh, around the start of next season. So uh, if he's turning down 14.7, then he's looking at around 18 to 20 million, I think. I mean, I just think that's what he could expect. This is yeah. going to be his 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 contract, his his main contract of his uh, career because he's you know obviously going to be 34 if he was to sign a four-year deal, uh, you know, going to 35 at the end of it. And again, I think you said it there. This is just not a great free agent market. So teams are going to probably offer him pretty close to that. I I can see a four-year $80 million deal going his way, whether that's from Denver or somebody else. He's a good player. He's active. He's good on both ends of the floor. He's probably not worth it, but it's all about timing. So uh, if he can get it, and again, I think um, he he was wise to decline it because I think at worst, at worst, he's getting like, you know, four years and, and what? 70 million at least, I think. So uh, it's just whether or not the Nuggets have got that cap space. I don't know what their cap space is right now, but obviously Jokic and Murray are going to take up a fair whack of it as it is. But yeah, then it is a Norm Powell. And Norm, basically, the Raptors traded him because they didn't want to have to pay him, you know, similar numbers. In fact, maybe Norm even gets a little bit more than Barton. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I, I can. I think he's getting around four years and 80 million. I think he's um, <laughs> smart to opt out. I think his yeah. agent and him have come to a good good decision here. Yeah, what do you think, Trey? I think timing is everything. Exactly right, because the free agent market this offseason isn't going to be as strong as it always has been. And like y'all are saying, Will Barton is extremely important to the Nuggets next season with Jamal Murray still going to be recovering from his injury. It feels like Barton is going to be the main perimeter star for the Nuggets uh, alongside Jokic and you know Aaron Gordon, though he's not necessarily a go-get-you-a-bucket kind of guy. But like Lee said... Will Barton's missed a lot of time. He's missed at least a quarter of his games in three of the last five seasons. Like you said, Murray and Jokic, big on the books. The Michael Porter Jr. extension is not too far down the line here. And then their team gets really, really expensive. So, Lee, you're saying like four for 80, which the dollar amount sounds right to me. Like 20 mil per year, that seems like what Will Barton will probably be asking for. If you're turning down 15 million, I don't know, you'd... What, what, a third of a raise? Sure, who doesn't? Uh, give him $20 million, but are the Nuggets really going to be paying him for four more years when they know they're going to have to pay for Michael Porter Jr.? They know they're eventually going to have to pay for Aaron Gordon if they want to keep him around as well? I don't know. If I was a team trying to get Will Barton, I would be going high on the years because the Nuggets aren't going to want to pay him quite right. as much as the deal goes on. Tass, anything to add to this? 
Well, yeah, this is uh, it's a tough scenario, I guess, for the Nuggets because they want to win. There's no doubt. Are they looking for a trade? They were, you know, rumored to be in the the Drew Holiday sweepstakes. They could be looking at Bradley Beal, uh, but do they have something to offer? In return, I would say no, because I don't think they want to trade Michael Porter Jr. I think they go forward with this team, and that means that they need Will Barton on this squad. And the fact that Will Barton is turning down 14, I don't think necessarily means that he he needs a huge raise. I just think he needs years. And, uh, you know, it's a trade-off with, yeah, having missed so many games these last three years. Uh, So I I think as long as he gets multiple years, uh, you know, in the double digits millions, whether it's 12, 13, 14, 15 million, I think that's all it really comes down to. Uh, And then they basically have their team. Uh, That's that's basically their their roster because they're, you know, sort of getting close to the cap um, at, at this point. Uh, for next season already. And Willie, yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be his last payday. But uh, I think the fact that he's missed so much time, I think they can come to an agreement and say, you know, you're going to play next year. Here's three and 50. That's enough for you. Let's uh, let's <laughs> move on. But yeah, if, if he wants to go get paid, obviously totally his right uh, to, to go do that. These dudes don't need to show any loyalty to their teams if they don't want to. And uh, he could probably get more just because of the free agent crop. But if they want to win in Denver, like the, like like that's their goal, then maybe he wants to be a part of that. And yeah, uh, you know, twenty per is probably not going to work for him uh, with with everybody that they've got locked in. They basically are going back with the same team uh, next season. Everybody is locked in all the way down. Yeah, Will Barton's been in Denver for. How long now? What's he at? What's, how many seasons oh, is he at? Seven. I was going to say six. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. It's been a I'm while. checking it right sure. now. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's been uh, in 2014-15. He made his way there. So it's been a, a long time. Yeah. It's a good point, though, Tass. Does he want to, like, sort of stick around and, and see it out uh, with them sort of, you know, on the rise still? I know the Jamal uh, Murray injury was a bit of a setback, but they obviously have a really good team with uh, uh, MVP and Jokic there. So we'll see. Final one. Bleacher Report. Suns' Devin Booker says he should never be compared to Lakers legend Kobe Bryant. Tass, is this news? <laughs> no, I guess no. not. I mean, he tried to say, compare me to Rip Hamilton. He tried to lower the bar a little bit. He said, <laughs> well, one of my favorite guys growing up was Rip Hamilton. Can you compare him to me? He didn't say that. But uh, he, I think, you know, the way we compare guys to greats is... Uh, it kind of, you know, um, it kind of kneecaps these guys, kneecaps their performance anyways. Devin Booker is doing something no other player has done in their first playoff run. He scored the most points for a guy in his first playoff season. But as soon as you mention the guy's name, like like mention a guy like Kobe Bryant, immediately people will say, well, you know, Devin Booker's not that good. And, and you're already degrading or dismissing what he's doing this season. Right, uh, right. So that's, I know it's the nature of the beast. Uh, we're going to compare him to someone the the kobe thing is yeah it's obviously bonkers um but here he is in his first playoffs he's in the nba finals he's playing so so well uh it's it's a compliment on one on one hand but at the on the other hand um you know it's just kind of dismissive of what he's doing so it really just comes down to ranks and if he can just come come uh, to the table with what Kobe did, at, you know, at the end when he was sitting on the bench and he was able to do the one, two, three, four, five to someone. I mean, that's the only way these comparisons ever work is if Devin Booker is able to pull out two more games, two more games. And it's I think, again, we're, we're asking way too much of him to be a 40 guy, drop 40, 
assist eight to ten times, please. I mean, he, what, what do you want him to do? I mean, he's James Harden did that for for some stats, but he never you know won a championship that way. I mean, he needs some help, and uh, Devin could get to a championship level where he's a starting shooting guard, scoring thirty uh, points on a Finals team. But uh, yeah, let's not compare him to one of the all time greats. Trey, what do you think? Uh, yeah, this is not news. Uh, but I mean, how, how do you not compare Devin Booker to Kobe Bryant when he's wearing Kobe's shoes every single night and he's talked multiple times about Kobe's inspirational <laughs> words to him and yeah. his game is pretty similar to Kobe Bryant. So I understand why the comparisons are, have happened. Devin Booker has had a much more impressive first playoff run than Kobe Bryant did. Uh, so if everything goes according to plan, you know, maybe we're comparing them in the future. But if, Co- if Devin Booker ends up having a Kobe Bryant-like career, we're just going to be calling him Devin Booker, right? If right. he has five titles and an MVP and 15 all-star appearances, he's just one of the all-time greats. And we're saying, wow, you were inspired by Kobe Bryant. You did your own thing your own way. Lee, anything to add? Not on this one, no. No, no. I, I think it was really funny this clip because they uh, they had him on the jump right, and they uh, I think it was Richard Jefferson that asked him about this Kobe comparison. And while he's saying this and giving us the headline, uh, the jump is showing clips of Kobe, you know, hitting a tough fadeaway baseline shot in the finals versus the Magic, and then right after that, an extremely similar looking Devin Booker, you know, fadeaway shot versus the Bucks in this finals. They show you another one. That's where the comparison is, you know, similar builds, and they play similar styles. You know, Booker obviously learning a thing or two from Kobe himself while he was here. So that's where the comparison is. But then you say comparison, and Tass, you're right. You start people start going especially the ones that don't watch the games, are like, what do you mean? He has no titles and he didn't score this and he hasn't done this. You're like, no, the comparison is there in actually how they play basketball, like their shots, where they get their buckets from on the floor. That, that to me, is fair, um, but good for, good for Booker of basically saying, okay, please stop doing this, even if we do sort of uh, shoot the same or I've taken parts of his game. This isn't good for anybody, not for me, not for Kobe, not for the league, but not that people are going to stop doing it, I guess, either. Yeah, and it's a little unfair to be comparing him to late Kobe Bryant career, you know, like to, to his late career when he was playing against the Magic. If you're going to compare him to one of his finals performances, compare him to the Pacers' uh, finals sure. performance in 2000 when they were somewhat similar in age. Kobe was still super young because he came in <clears throat> as a high schooler, uh, but you know, Devin's at 23 now, Kobe... You know, back then, I'd say it's about 22. Uh, so, you know, that that's the right comparison. Devin sure. is balling here. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk. We'll, the comparisons will be a little bit more fair in a decade. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kobe at that point was playing with Shaq, of course, winning the titles. And Booker is playing against the new age Shaq and Giannis. Maybe they need to pair up. Uh, a little Giannis Booker. There you go. Now you, got, uh, now you got Kobe Shaq 2.0 and just go win a bunch of titles. Trey, you're excited. Hey, hey, man. Hey, man. It's the NBA. It's not far-fetched that these two could end up on the same team. It'll probably be the Heat or the Lakers. (laughs) Yeah, probably. All right. We got to take one more break, but then JD's got tweet of the night, and you never know what that means. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Wow, I can't believe it's Tuesday again. It feels like Friday or Saturday or something, but... Uh... Anyways, I got Tweet of the Night, and mm-hmm. uh, I forgot. I uh, <laughs> I found it during the show. I was thinking of going the Austin Powers route because uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. But um, <laughs> but then uh, you blew that up at the beginning of the show's heat. So uh, I went the with this one. The rocket blew up? Oh, yeah, the, oh, okay. No, the rocket, okay. so the rocket landed safely. Everybody's okay, safe. Uh, it's a happy ending there. Uh, but uh, our this is our old friend, Kristen Ledlow. Um, who tweeted yesterday, big thanks to at King James for letting me live a childhood dream in brackets uh, and stand in a a few scenes on the set of Space Jam. That's all, folks. And then a bunny emoji and Mm -hmm. a nice picture of uh, LeBron and uh, Kristen. So um, I bring this up basically because we're going to record our film session today. Uh, It's going to drop on Monday, our reaction to Space Jam, A New Legacy. But Mm -hmm. I was looking at the the replies to this tweet, and people think that she's in it. People think that... uh, Now, I did not see Kristen Ledlow in Space Jam, and I don't think she says she's in Space Jam. No, She just says I was standing in for a few scenes, which... You know, which is basically standing, visiting the set is what she did. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm, I'll scrub through one more time before we do the show, just to see if <laughs> I can catch a glimpse. Uh, Cass Mellis style, see if I can find uh, Benji Levy in the in the Raptor stands there. But It was uh, John. Uh, uh, oh, you found John. John you found John. Yeah. But why couldn't Kristen have been in the crowd at the yeah. court? Yeah, you, you know, that would have been a one great of the spot. People. Hey, she's part of the the WB family. I think she exactly. should have been front and center, right there next to next to Catwoman '60s and Catwoman '89. Uh, wow, you really did check out the background. Or were they front and center? I don't know. <laughs> no, they're pretty front and center. Yeah. I saw. I definitely saw two Catwomans. For oh sure. yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we're spoiling our our film session, but half the movie is like, hey, hey it's yeah. the Leo, it's the Leo <laughs> meme. Totally. Like, ah, yeah, Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I guess. But if I had seen Kristen Ledlow, I would have been actually like, hey, 
Crystal oh, for Anlo. sure. Well, it's sort of like disappointing by all accounts that she's not actually in it. And I'm with you, JD. I don't think she's in it because I think she would have said that. Yeah. Like, you know, and we, and you know, hopefully we would have seen it too because we just watched the movie. But I remember like she is a Space Jam diehard and has been like angling to get in Space Jam 2 for I think like a decade. So it's almost like, I want to say it's almost like a little disappointing. They just didn't throw her in. Yeah. In a scene. Like, why not? But yeah. Anyway, at least she got to visit the set. It did look fun. And got a photo with LeBron James. That's not bad, too. Not bad. Uh, All right. So are you excited to uh, record this film session later this afternoon, J.D.? Am I excited? Oh, yes. I'm very excited. uh, (laughs) Okay. I won't won't reveal my thoughts on it here, but, uh, you know, I I think... uh, I think that the uh, the fans will be uh, be uh, delighted. De- be delighted by our reaction. That's that's what I think. <laughs> nice, interesting, interesting. Okay, very okay. interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Like you said, we're going to record it later today, and then yeah. that will go up early next week uh, once the finals are over and we. Uh, Got a little more uh, free days there to uh, throw those type of podcasts up uh, as we lead up to the draft next week. You're also off next week, aren't you, JD? And, and same with Tess, too. So. That's exactly right. I was just yeah. going to say, I might actually post this uh, film session over the weekend because I'm going to be on a dock in the northern Ontario, and oh, I don't wow. think I want to hey, deal hey. with it. So You're going to uh, be listening to some Bob Cajun? <laughs> Goddamn right I'm wow. Cajun on a loop. <laughs> Wow, watching the constellations. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Uh, yeah, okay. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. People are saying Sarah is in the uh, stream team. That we did Space Jam, the first one, film session, with Zach Harper. Yeah. I had oh, forgotten yeah. about that, that he came on for that one. Uh, we I were not do the remember it being pretty good. Well, uh, the, the, the podcast. podcast. The podcast, yeah. yeah. The podcast. <laughs> we were not that high on the original Space Jam. Uh, so I am fascinated to see what the guys think of uh, Space Jam 2, or a new legacy, whatever the heck we're calling it. So, again, that will be... Uh, out next week but congrats to Kristen on at least visiting the set and Ledlow if you're if you're watching or listening let us know if you're actually in this thing again I'm I'm skeptical that she is in it without she, she would have told us right Trey? yeah that's that's what she would have done yeah uh, is this her telling us that she was one of the like I mean there's like a million extras yes. right like she could easily be you know just in a whatever just wearing clothes sitting over there standing there cheering on the space jam that kind of thing she definitely could I don't know yeah. let's see yes. if she drops a screenshot I guess. So you feel like it's okay if you were in like the tenth row of the uh, you know the final game in Space Jam: A New Legacy. You can't really see you. You're blurry, but you know it's you because you were there. You feel okay saying to somebody, "I was in uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy." Oh, a hundred percent. If you yeah. are, okay. if you are like, like if if it's a clear enough shot that you can tell that it's you, it do, it could still be blurry, but okay. you know you'd be like, hey, look, this is my shirt that I have. I think if you can prove it, and you're a big Space Jam fan, of course you're saying, yeah, I was in Space Jam. Haha, ha, look at this. It was four seconds, and I was okay. just in the background going wild. Okay, Lee, you're nodding your head. You agree with this? After Canada won the Olympic gold medal in 2002, I was on the front page of the Toronto Star. Like my arm, my arm and, and my and my like neck. I was like that. I've got a Are copy you of it. Yeah, That's I've got a really copy of funny. it at home somewhere. I'll, I'll see if Dad can uh, send over a photo of it. Yeah. So I was on the front cover of the Toronto Star celebrating Canada's gold medal. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Why would Di- hold on? Why would Dickie have that newspaper if you? Because I because in- I was in Toronto, so I bought like three copies of it and I kept it forever. So uh, they're back in Australia. 
Oh, you took them home to Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I went from... Actually, where did I go? I went from Canada Does no one else yeah. find that weird? You're a grown man. You're in the paper. It's there. It's yours. But yeah, for some reason, you got to get it back to Dickie to it's archive in, it. It's the much official. safer. Much safer right. in Dickie's hands than mine. I guess so. so. Uh, I mean, yeah, he does keep yeah. everything in pristine yeah. fashion. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, you act like it's just Dickie's house, but I think it's the Ellis family library. Yeah. Where you keep all like important documents. Yeah, they have yeah. to live there. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It's, it's like a museum, really, isn't yeah. it? So, <laughs> yeah. I'll send him. Hang on, what time is it right now? It's. Uh, uh, where am I? Where is he? Where am I? It's like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would just uh, walk out from behind that sliding door. But no, it's not. <laughs> uh, all right. So, good luck finding that uh, newspaper. I'll try. Yeah. Well, so, was your face. Sorry, was your face in the photo or no, just your arms? No, it's the like because because the, the guy who I was uh, like the guy who was right next he's to me was, like arms. Going, he knows was going crazy, you know, and his his face was in it because he was celebrating, and I was standing right next to him, okay. and you could sort of see my arm. And I'll, I'll see if I can track it down. Anyway. Wait, are you a, like in a bar? Are you in a bar? Yeah, well, you know, guess where we are. Guess the one place we would be to watch the gold medal game in uh, Canada. What year? Two thousand two thousand and two. It was two. yeah. Which yeah. bar would you go to to watch it? Oh, Gretzky's. Gretzky's, Gretzky's, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm still actually, actually, Wayne still owes me twenty bucks for that because uh, he was charging people twenty bucks to get into the bar to watch Canada's gold medal. I'm like, come on, Wayne. I know you don't actually own the bar. I don't think he did own it in the end, did he? I think he just licensed his name to them. Yeah. Come on, Wayne. You don't need that. You don't need those come twenty on, bucks. Wayne. Come on. It's a big day for Canada. Have yeah, some yeah. fun. So I bought some more newspapers, of, of <laughs> photos of your arms yeah. that you saved. That's going to be a hilarious part of the Lee Ellis Museum, the exhibit in Dickie's house, where you're just looking at this photo going, why, why is this in here? Ah, that's his arm. Well, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, at least uh, Wayne took that $20, put it to good use, made himself a wine uh, company. <laughs> right? Yeah, full circle. Always comes back to Moverney. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> love your wine, Wayne. Okay, guys, <laughs> send your emails in. No dunks at theathletic.com for the next Beach Stepping podcast. Subscribe to the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash no dunks, so they know that we sent you. Go to no dunks.com if you want your no dunks merch. And again, if the series ends tonight, we're back here live on YouTube soon after the game to talk about it. And there will be a limited edition new no dunk shirt uh so that will also go up but that is only if if the bucks win tonight otherwise we'll see in the morning if the suns win cool story and- bro damn that was my Who mistake did that? Jesus. that was totally fine <laughs> i'm literally trying to plug our show i'm gonna get cool i got destroyed got cool this show for no reason at all starts with tk tasta burying yeah, me at the end i love it uh uh clipper bros who's playing that one you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, sorry about that. It's Keats. I thought, right. thought you'd be laughing, yeah. but no, no. I was, I was trying to, Woo! I was Everybody's trying to load a photo here, trying to load a photo of Lee's hairy arms since we were talking about his arms. Mm. But all mm. the only hair photo I could find of Lee was him holding some roses with, <laughs> with a real master poof on it. <laughs> now, is that guy a hooper or a basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Lupa. Your wet shirt. <laughs>
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.